folks. Welcome to Yelling About Pat Tam. Carl has with me, as always, Joel Miller. Ahoy, hoy. Exciting times. Exciting uh, times. Joel, Big time. Joel is planning his honeymoon, and yeah. I, I feel like... I'm I'm like as excited as you are. I I feel like you should be as excited for me because you will be hearing nothing but honeymoon stuff for the next three or so months. So there was a lot of there was a lot of options on the table. You were thinking, we, you know, you're thinking Southeast Asia. Yeah. But now things are booked. Going to going to Paris. Going to Paris. Oh my god! I'm so jealous. First Woo! of all, because nobody I, saw me like raise my hand in glory right, right now. Joel just my raised fist his fist times. to the heavens. Yeah. Uh, to I've, the gout I've never gods. Been. You're, I'm gonna I mean, eat a bunch of pate. Say. You need to make sure you don't get gout. I'm gonna make sure. I mean, I'm gonna eat a lot of vegetables too. I'm gonna make <laughs> sure that I eat a lot of vegetables, but I'm also gonna eat a lot of butter, bread, and pate. <laughs> that would be a great way to start married life. Just getting gout right off the bat. Just dying of a heart attack right off the in jump. Paris. You're like, well, he died doing what he loved, <laughs> ordering three more things that he didn't need. His new passion: polishing and cleaning mixing boards. <laughs> what is what is your? Uh, I mean, I feel like an important part of the the Paris is like the outfit. Like, are you gonna have a saucy beret? What okay, are we, so I are you gonna have three quarter pants? So what I've, are we talking? So I've decided that I'm gonna do a lot of striped shirts. Okay, a lot of horizontal stripes. So you're going you're going like trying to blend in and, local style and. and like you know those really ti- like you know like uh like those like tiny glasses like Lawrence Fishburne had in the Matrix like yes. little circles yes. those that are hot just, right now that just cover your eyeball and that's about it <laughs> right like I'm gonna do one of those right but but they sure. don't have any glass in them they're just no, just, just they're no, just no, no, empty no, no. no they're gonna be they're gonna be dark oh, like dark dark, okay. dark black so sure. you can't see okay and uh I'm just gonna look I'm just gonna be fancy I'm gonna horizontal I'm gonna wear... stripes and tiny Morpheus glasses I feel like would be a great look for yeah. you. yeah and then I think a lot of denim I'm thinking denim? I'm thinking like Light wash denim. Light wash. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. could see light, that. Light jeans and light denim. Right, and then you'll just be like outside of a cafe, like casually smoking. One day I will. You're gonna have to take up smoking. Oh, you think I'm gonna have to take up smoking? You're gonna have to take up smoking. There's uh, no way around it. Just anything slim is fine. <laughs> um, What's your brand? What's your brand? Anything slim? No, I mean I'm going. I feel like at one point I will definitely have a neckerchief. Okay. Because you know you got it. Yeah. I think I gotta go to like I'm gonna have to like go with like the little glasses and the sure. horizontal stripes and a neckerchief and sit at a cafe right. and, and drink like a little espresso. Uh-huh. Order like probably what I'm gonna assume is the best croissant of my life. Goddamn right. And it uh, better be. And I'm actually trying to learn French on the way. So I bought oh, like a wait, wait. like a French like learning wait, wait. program software, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to immerse myself in. French ass shit. You know, I I never learned like I was a Spanish kid, like like learning Spanish in school growing up. I can tell. So I got no, uh, you know, I got no French context. But like, it is, it, you know, when you hear people speaking French, you're like, I want to be a part of that. You, you want to be, you want to be part of that. I'm life. very it's, aroused it, right it, now. And I, I want to be a part. It of is it. one of the most romantic oh, languages, you know. And also, there there are a lot of parallels between French and Spanish, right? Because mm-hmm. romance languages, kind of, yeah, they both stem from like you can just say bonsoir a lot. I feel like bonsoir I'm, works. I'm just gonna say bonsoir. Bon, That's all the entire time. They'll be like, hey, like, how are you? And I'll be like, bonsoir. And they'll be like, no, bon I speak bon. English. This is fine. You can talk to me in English. I'll be like, bonsoir. Well, the thing you always hear is that like you know they're kind of dicks if you if you don't make any effort. And, no, to and I'm gonna make a you gotta make an effort. Right? I'm gonna make an, a significant effort. Like like you know you you learn you learn stuff. You learn the the hot words. Mm-hmm. You learn you learn the, the the top. You gotta learn like good slang and how to order like, like you just had to order wine. More wine. How do you say more wine? I don't even know. Ma vino. <laughs> That sounds that sounds like it could be right. I mean, because just, like more that wine also sounds like you may have just made that up. Yeah, no, because well, more is more would be mas in Spanish. So like, I'm assuming that the parallels are like relatively similar. I don't know, especially if you're gonna... for like those those like 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 easy like 
whole word. You better get some Duolingo going. Man. Well, I, 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 I have, uh, I have the software. I'm, some flashcards. I'm I'll I have, work I'm with you with flashcards. Flash I'm gonna just do it with flashcards. Yeah. How uh, much restaurant research are you gonna do? I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little, um, but I'm gonna leave a lot to just kind of like right. walking around and finding like right. a, place a charming and, little cafe. Yeah, I want to, I just want to like walk into like an alcove and just be like, oh, it's Kamala. I will book like one or two maybe significant dinners. Okay. I'd rather, because like for lunch and walking around, I'd rather kind of just leave that up to like where we decide to go. Right. I, I, so from what I've heard, Paris pe- people in Paris or France in general, they have high fucking standards. Sure. And uh, I I can't imagine things are just gonna be. But bad. I also feel like there's a thing of when you're in a very touristy place, you know. There's like like I saw this in Rome. Like there's so much good food, but then there's places that like, like you would see tourists going to, and it looked so bad. Like literally. I mean, I, I you, you know you're not gonna be taken in like a no. Rube, I wouldn't but, be taken in like but a like Rube. you know there's it's not all you good. Think I, I think am. You can assume it's all good. No, I'm I'm gonna say all the places that I would go would be all good, right? Just like the places I would go in Los Angeles. Like, who's this guy good. with the tiny glasses? He really knows what he's talking. about. He really about. knows what he's doing. Wow, that neckerchief really sets the entire he's ensemble. He's speaking Spanish, but we ensemble. understand him. Yeah, no, he's the languages Spanish, are so similar. He's like, "Donde está el baño?" And we're like, "You're not in fucking Mexico, bro." <laughs> we also speak English. I'm very jealous. No, nah, well, you shouldn't be. You just got back from Rome and Lisbon. That's you fuck. true. That's you, true. Ha- you had your own adventure. This is your, my time. This is your first time going to Europe. This is my first time going to Europe. I haven't been to Europe before. I'm very, very excited. I'm, I'm very excited not just for the cul- like for the food, but also the cultural aspect right. of it too. I uh, I'm a culture daddy. You're a culture daddy, I like as we know. Museums, uh, right? Big, big on them. Big on culture. Big on wine tasting. Big on beautiful, serene fucking fields. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think you can go <laughs> beautiful, serene. Yeah, fields. I don't think you can go as wrong. As we know, that's a critical part of culture. It is serene it's fields. Staring at an open field, I believe, is the most important part of. Culture. I can see you having like a very dainty French picnic in the middle of a field that's like. In full bloom, and you have like a checkered mat, and just one and you baguette have like a hanging out, hanging out of the basket. Right, exactly. You've ridden out there on like a very charming old bicycle. Oh yeah. There's, there's baguettes protruding from a a little a box little wicker, on the back. A little, of, little wicker basket, mm-hmm, man. Just a little mm-hmm. wicker basket right there. Oh my god, I can see it all. I'm gonna come back so pretentious. I'm gonna come back and I'll be. And I'm gonna act like I've lived there for like, like well, a year. When I was in Paris, yeah. uh, things were different. I'll be like a first year college student, just like thinking I know fucking everything about everything. <laughs> um, nah, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited. Can't wait to go. Hell yeah. Well, uh, I'm. You know, I'll be watching your Instagram stories. Avidly. Oh, they you'll be You better be storing a lot. I don't know what your data plan is gonna be like over there. How much Wi Fi you're gonna be getting, but I'm I mean, you'll see a lot of things when I'm connected to Wi Fi. Sure. Because I'm gonna turn that thing on airplane mode so quick (laughs) that that no one can contact me. Just get the call your provider and be like, I want the plan where I can Instagram story only to make my friends jealous. We don't I don't need anything else. Can I have the Instagram jealousy bundle, please? (laughs) Exactly. I'd like that. And they're like, uh, oh yeah, it's right here. It's like right underneath the international plan is the Instagram jealousy package. Exactly. It's only Yeah. It only sends to your friends and it's only food related content. Yeah. So you can food haze me from across the Atlantic. You want a bitch slap from miles and miles away. No. It's it's a it's a caring it's a caring it's a, it's caring, a caring handshake. Hand. It's, it's not a, a bitch slap. It's a caring hand. It's a caring caress. Saying, Look yeah. how much fun I'm having. I want to share it with you. No. Oh. Well, I will absolutely share it with you. I'm very excited to go. I'm very excited to eat. I had a good. Did you have a good eating weekend? I had a great eating did weekend. I know weekend? you got late night. I got late night mozza. How did that happen? I See, w- 
<laughs> I know this from Instagram stories. But you know that from well, we one of our one of our friends, uh, one of my friends, uh, top ten guest Dave Fernie. Davidson was, Fernie, top ten guest. He was out at Mo- Moza, and I was a little drinky last night with my fiance, and uh, I, I kind of just was like, "Hey, man, I'm hungry. You should bring me a steak." And I heard nothing from him for about an hour. And then I got... That's a bold move. And then I got a text. It was more like a joke. It was okay. more like, a, hey, buddy boy, why don't you get me a steak? Because you saw um, that he was at Moza. Because I, I, uh, I knew... No, he, he told me he was at Moza. Uh, and, uh, and then he gave me this uh, text message that said 10 minutes out. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, I, we're here. And he brought me a fucking steak from Moza. Wow. Along with some like charcuterie, what time was it? midnight was like, steak. It was like ten thirty at oh night or God. something like that. No one's that ever, was... no one's ever rolled up to my house with charcuterie in in, in late hours. That's a power move. That's a, that's a friendship. That's, move. That's solidifying yourself in my will. God damn it. Yeah. So I don't think you're really friends until you some, you bring someone meat after eleven p.m. No, it was great. Took and uh, went to Cassell's over the weekend. Had a patty melt. Delicious. What a what a great burg. Did you take your engagement photos while eating hamburgers? We did. We did. We took our engagement photos at Cassell's, and she was housing a cheeseburger. And did I you had do a, a shot melt. where you're both like biting into the burger like across the table, nah, like, like you're sharing a malt? We had like one where you know we had, we it was ten thirty in the morning, mind you, but we so we but we you know we wanted to make it seem like it wasn't ten thirty in the morning. Right. So we we're drinking daiquiris. And uh, eating right. burgers at 10.30 in the morning <laughs> instead of, like, breakfast or, like, fruit or anything else oh that's, God. like, significantly better for you. And, uh, yeah, we just had a uh, – we were a little intrusive to surrounding people. Right. We had, we had one, one person kind of give us some, give us some flack. But, uh, <laughs> You're, like, bumping into them no, trying yeah, to get the and right she, angle. She looked at her photographer and was just like, I'm just trying to enjoy my breakfast right and now. you're like, well, I'm trying to have a goddamn <laughs> photo shoot no, and live and that's, my life, and then, ma'am. And, she, and that's what he said. He's like, have you ever been married, like, ma'am? I'm, just I'm trying, sorry your life sucks and, he and mine said, is great. Our photographer was like, I'm just trying to take some pictures. Like, And, and uh, my fiance was just like... Very loudly, it's like, what the fuck is her problem? He's holding like the bounce light reflector, like right in front of her face. Luckily, luckily, we didn't have to use that a whole lot because it was really nice weather. It was very, very, very nice. We took great pictures, but like being in Cassell's, having like fries and like you know eating burger, like I feel like that's like. What do you think the best shot's gonna be? I think it's gonna be inside Cassell's. Just, just UTI's housing. You know, the the couple that houses a burger at Cassell's together stays together. Well, when we moved to the neighborhood, we were going to Cassell's like two or three times a week. Shout out to Christian. Shout out to Christian for making solid fucking Top food. Top 10 guests. Well, I can't wait to see those. I can't wait to we get, post, I can't wait to see them too. We will post some of those on the Instagram. Uh, were you wearing a suit? No, I was wearing, I was wearing denim. Oh, you were I casual. Was de- denim, denim and uh, white shoes, baby. Denim daddy housing a burger. Yeah, denim daddy housing a burger, oh, white shoes. Just living my best life, man. Hell yeah. Uh, well, I think it's time to introduce our guest. Yeah, let's so do I'm it. Very excited. Uh, I've been winding. He's very him. excited. He was laughing in the background. I just... know. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome James Adomian to the program. Woo! James. Hi, hi, hi. Thanks for joining. <sighs> the crowd he's goes here. wild. He's here. He, 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 you sat. You they know, dropped their forks and knives. Right. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of a lot of guests get antsy, but you're such a you're such a professional that you're just sitting serenely, <laughs> waiting for your time. I was liking your stories. You're going to Paris for your honeymoon. Yes. Yeah, I, I went there for the first time in August oh, yeah? last year. What was your experience like? Well, I was supposed to go with my boyfriend, but he couldn't make it. Mm. Um, so it was supposed to be a we're rom- not together anymore. Supposed to be a romantic trip. <laughs> it was supposed to be a romantic trip. It ended up. So wait, did you it... break up before the trip? No, 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 no. Did you break up because he wouldn't no, come no, no, with no. you? Wait, okay. wait after that. Oh, okay. But I was supposed to um, stay longer, so I cut it short. So I was just there two days, and I was like, all right, well, I got my right. flight through Paris. I'm right. gonna go to Paris. And uh, I learned, you know, I've, I've been to Montreal a bunch of times. Okay. So Montreal. I know, yeah. 
I know wrong. I know wrong French salutations from Montreal. <laughs> what What do they say that's different? I mean, well, I know. That I don't they're... know. I, I'm not. I, I don't. I never learned the language. I just know it from being in Montreal. Right. But apparently, they say like there's an accent. It's right. like we instead of we. Right. I'm uh, sure to like Parisian French fucking speakers, lazy they're Montreal. Like, Who are these like hicks from Canada? <laughs> like I bet the Quebecois sound like very quaint. But the trick. Okay, so one time. When I was driving across Canada with some people who were bilingual, they were teaching me French. They were like, oh, it's fun. It's easy. And so I learned a bunch. But there's this trick I have <laughs> where I can speak uh, like a few things, but then you get in a problem where someone, you're too good, and someone's like, oh, well, then let's just start talking. Yeah. Then let's, then right. let's, let's converse. And you're like, no, 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 right. no, no. I just, I just want to know like, if I need to add extra money for the tip. Right. I was at the height of my, I just want applause. Right. I don't want a conversation. Yeah, I like want you that's to stop the one phrase I know. <laughs> Please don't engage me. Like I just tried to show you that I can speak one phrase. Because when I was in Paris, it was hot and I needed sunscreen. So I was thinking, how do I say it? How do I say it? And right. I think I came up with the right way. And I was like, I walked into the store and I was like, uh, bonjour. Uh, je voudrais creme solaire. Ooh. <laughs> ah. Ooh. And then she goes, oh, wait, uh, I have this one and this one and this one. And I was like, ah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's the problem. If you appear too proficient, <laughs> then they just go into conversation. You have like, to. You have wait, to, whoa, whoa, back I, up. I feel like I'm gonna have to add in a bunch of like, um, uh, like salute, um, uh, bon uh, nuit, <laughs> bon nuit. Uh, mm, I don't think anyone is merci. gonna mistake merci. you for a fluent French speaker. I don't merci. think you have to worry about. I don't know, that. man. Once I got the shirt and the neckerchief <laughs> okay. and the little glasses, right. I feel like people are gonna think I'm Mister Paris. I feel like um, you can always say ça va. What's, yeah. Yeah, Sava. Come Sava. Yeah, Sava. Yeah, Sava. Yeah, yeah, voulez-vous que je me dois as well? I'm just going to do like that. En français. Oh, oui, oui. Or I could just do that dick thing that people do when they like go to another cu- culture and they, they start to like, they'll, they'll speak like English. But they'll say it like, like oh god. Um, and where is the uh, the cheese and charcuterie? You know, like you'll be just like a total dick. Don't yeah, don't. <laughs> when do I that. was in China, I learned how to say I don't speak Chinese, and that was my favorite thing to say. Uh, it's a uh, you were you were in China doing comedy, right? Yeah, I did stand up in like five cities, but it was cities. for mostly like British expats. Sure, right. Um, half. Half expats, okay. half natives. And a bunch of okay. people just had, had like fucking locals. The, the, locals. Na- the natives. And obviously. They were wearing loincloths. They were just. The ascendant crazy. culture of our world. Right. They paid in shells. It was so, crazy. But like those people clearly, like if they're at an English speaking comedy show, like are proficient in English or. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. China has more English speakers than America because of how that, big the population Those numbers is. probably work, yeah. But they, they said, uh, oh, I learned to say, wo bushi shuahua zhongwen, which is a bad way of saying I can't speak Chinese. <laughs> that's, that's good, though. You need the one, like, self-deprecating phrase yeah. to be like, ah, look, I, I learned need to get a laugh. <laughs> I learned some stuff, but I, look, I'm not very good. Uh, that's, that's great. I mean, what, you, you were, like, around different areas in China. It wasn't just one. You yes. were like a Chinese tour. I started in... International comedian, I, James Adomian. Sure. Um, I did, and the shows were better than Australia. Really? When I went to Melbourne a couple years ago. Anyway, I, was, I went to Chengdu uh, in western China oh, first. Right. Nice. You've right. been there? No, but well, I want to well, go. There, there is a, there's it's this the, place. It's where they came up with like hot pots, yeah. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, that's why. And um, <laughs> wow, I'd never seen anything like that. And they have Food-wise. Yeah, food-wise. 
like you just like boil like it's just like boiling in oil yeah. these things you you get and they um they have MSG as a treasured yeah. side Hell yeah. dish. Like you're so po- they bring salt, but then like more importantly, there's a dish of MSG right. <laughs> that looks like salt. Yeah. It looks like somebody like incorrectly built salt out of like little tiny Legos. Ancient flavor crystals. And you will dip <laughs> everything in this and it'll be so MSG got like a bad rep somehow. Like, I'm MSG gathering is great. That. I'm MSG gathering so that it was good. just sort of like a nativist hatred of Chinese. I food. think it might have been, or like, I don't know. People are scared of adding, but like, MSG, first of all, MSG is like naturally occurring, you know, in some food. It comes from kelp. Yeah, and then like, I mean, MSG is great. Let's obviously like tons and tons of added MSG. You don't need that, but like, but you need a little. Yeah, MSG is fucking little, delicious. Little, I, little guy. I, I wouldn't. I you know I'm pro MSG. We're a pro MSG program I, here. We are very pro MSG. <laughs> uh, come, uh, come sponsor us, MSG. Yelling about that monosodium glutamate. We come from a strong. It's a proud sponsor. Pro <laughs> MSG. <laughs> we just get MSG as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yelling about Bate brought to you by MSG and whatever the leading gout medication is. <laughs> uh, so I mean that that was uh, that must have been like a great eating trip for you. Yeah. Um. Uh, what did I, where where did I go? I had I went to nice restaurants and I went to street restaurants in every city. I feel um, like I really mix it up though when you go when you travel it for was sure, right? Cold. In, right. When I was in China, it was January, okay. so it was cold, especially so when you I got those to hot Shanghai. Pots. Yeah, the hot pot was really nice. I got sick by the time I was in Shanghai just from being outside in the wind too much. Um, and uh, the air quality is not very good. Yeah, is it brutal? Like, you always hear, like, the smog and the... Yeah, and I was smoking cigarettes. I had to quit smoking. I have since started smoking again. But for, for, <laughs> China for most, made you quit cigarettes? China made you quit? For most of a year, yeah, I quit smoking because uh, it was like already... the Shanghai lung pop. <laughs> it was already like smoking cigarettes, just being in Do Beijing. Do a lot of people yeah. in China smoke cigarettes? And a lot of people in China yeah. smoke cigarettes. Do you like- remember... Okay, so so I like half of the hotels I stayed in were like smoking hotels. Right. Yeah. And um the lobby, there's a classy hotel in Beijing I was staying at. I forget which one, but the lobby, it was well it was like a well ventilated smoking lobby, right? right. Yeah. So it just faintly smelled of cigarettes. Right. Because it's not a like classy a, joint. Not like a cloud. It's not hazy in there. But it reminded me of Los Angeles in the late 80s when I moved here as a kid where there would just be this faint this trace faint smell of like, tobacco. Because everyone was still smoking inside there. Right. And like, like there was some very specific thing about it. smelled to me in China. It smelled like how I remembered Century City in, when I, in uh, 1989. <laughs> you take a it's got a real breath. Century City sw- ah, smell to it in China, city. man. It's crazy. Wait, did you move to Century City when you... No. Oh, that's just where like there was like the hotel or I'm oh I'm either thinking of the one of the hotels in Century City or the downtown Grands oh, I forget right you know L A hotels right okay <laughs> just that faint I, no one moves to that Century faint, City yeah I, I've it, yeah that would I, be weird I moved here with my parents C A A yeah they were a struggling talent agents they a little mom and pop shack out there in Century City I mean you grew up in Los Angeles. I did well from the age of nine and a half. Yeah. So those are your formative. Guys are formidable years. Yeah. Formative years. You're an Angelino. Formidable years. <laughs> yeah. Do you think of yourself as an Angelino? Uh. Yeah. 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 I think of myself as an Angelino. I feel. I don't know what the what the cutoff is, but 
or what the uh, the minimum required time. But. I don't think people care as much as New York. New York, there's a strict right. written. You're not a New Yorker. There's a, I don't know what's a New Yorker, and I tell people rules. what's a New Yorker. It's like passing the bar exam right, exactly. to, to be allowed to call I, yourself I a New Yorker. I failed my New Yorker test. I, <laughs> yeah. Look, I cried on the subway. I did everything I was supposed to do. Yeah, but you failed the uh, spiritual test. What? Like, where's the brand they gave you in the hospital that shows that you're a true New Yorker? I feel like an Angelino. It's just, if you've lived here long enough that you're, like, broken inside. It's like, welcome aboard. You're an Angelino now. Yeah, if you're... Your dreams, your dreams are broken when they once were shiny. And now Whatever your accent was, when it drains away and just sort of turns yeah. into, you know, Like, lazy kind of, like, yeah. hey, man, like... When you get that right amount of vocal fry, then you're in... Yeah, when I moved to L.A., I had while, a bro. southern accent from Atlanta, and they all the kids made fun of me. Really? They were yeah. right to do that, they by were the like, way. Well, how pronounced was your accent? Uh, okay, so here's the thing. When I grew up in Atlanta, in the city, we would make fun of country kids for having accents. Right. They were the hits. So we were like, listen to it, like, like, hi, I want to... And then, well, when, I'll just move here to Atlanta, and I got, got, and then, y'all, y'all got buildings. And then I moved, I didn't think I had an accent. And then I moved to LA, and they were like, "Whoa, like, who is this? Hit? Say that word again." And they, because they, they thought they thought I sounded country, right? right. <laughs> Did you make a concerted effort to like, you know? No, it just happened. It just happened. Yeah. It just happened over time. I, I remember, I, was, I was a kid, I grew up saying "water." Because that's like what people what, in Philadelphia what? say. Water. Water. What, what, what does that even For mean? Water. water. Everyone says water. Oh, that's, that's water. And then I remember, like at water. a certain age, at like twelve, I was like, oh, well, like other people don't say that. Like I need to like change. So no, I made you're, a no, conscious, you're a freak. I made yeah, a, a, freak. A, a, a conscious effort to change, and now I say water. But you know, my every, yeah, everyone says water. This is what you say. Water. We get some water. We get some water. Let me have some water with my cheesesteak. Man, fuck you guys. Well, you, you have mean, to make. Sometimes you have to make decisions on pronunciation. Right. I think my mom tried to get us to say orange, orange. and then I I rebelled orange. at some point. I was like an adult, and I was like, you know what? I think orange is the way most people are saying this word. Well, Joel grew up in the valley here, and I, I feel like there is no discernible. Maybe California is like there, the lack no. of accent. It's no, the there, there is there is like a there I mean, is an there is an accent. Like there if is you like go the classic. dude, the dude in the Big Lebowski is one particular it's, California accent that's done very well. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like and, and it's, but it's also and like, very nasal. Lean back. But but it's also like adding in like all the time. Sure, like, you I have say the classic like valley a lot. girl like, thing. I have a I have a valley like. Inflection with the way that I do. It took over the world. It's the monoculture. Francis Fukuyama. Valley Girl is Madonna. (laughs) After a a clueless came out, it just spread like wildfire. Right, right. It became like, you know, shorthand for like, uh, you know, a certain type of person, a certain type of. The Simpsons did it it best when Lisa was trying to be cool and popular, and her catchphrase was like, you know, whatever. Exactly, and that that really just encapsulates like the, right. the California, California Los cool, Angeles like the... cool lifestyle. So, what neighborhood did you move to when you when you came as a child? Oh, Westchester by LAX. Okay, that's. I mean, that seems like there's not a lot going on over there. That's very true. Um, when I was a little bit older, um, there was a moment when I was living in. Uh, but family chaos, and I was living in our old place in Westchester in summer, in between colleges, right? In college semesters, 
and that's when I was suddenly an adult, and I was like, I don't want to just ride bikes around. Like, I want to do something. And there's like, there was nothing. There was nothing. That's there. how you know you reach adulthood. Like when you're a kid, you're just like, I'm gonna ride bikes, and you're perfectly fine to do that for like eight like, hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're riding bikes. You stop. You see a squirrel. You poke it. Yeah. As an adult, you're like, I got, I got to do you're something. Like, I, I don't think I can just ride bikes anymore. Yeah, I had to. It's I also was, taxing. You know, it's like, taxing. I'm exhausted. I'm I would go crazy. I had to like walk down to Culver City and shit, and like. Uh, and I, I think I even maybe rode my bike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that that's the neighborhood where there's that that iconic donut place, right? Uh, yeah, Randy's Donuts is um, yeah right off the 405. Um, uh, LMU is there. Right. I I, I, I I kind of became a radio obsessive uh, as a teenager because um, there was I mean uh, there wasn't much to do, and uh, so I would listen to, like talk radio and I listened to like indie radio, so right. So LA has has great like radio. It's not as good as it used to be, but it's still there. Um, and KXLU is like awesome. I love yeah. KXLU. I, obviously, I have a stand-up bit about it. Your it's bit, like a- I think about your bit all the time because I so I don't have an aux cord in my car, so I listen to the radio when I'm driving constantly because I can't listen to my phone. Uh, and your bit about KXLU, it's like so true. Every time I turn it on, it's like, I mean, you hey, know. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold, um, is um, are we on? <laughs> it, it'll there'll be like a minute of dead air, and then I'll be like, "Stop, sorry, hey, we're back." <laughs> yep. And then it's like, th- this is such this is such regional LA. We're not high. I this swear. is such regional LA humor for our non-LA listeners. KXLU is a it, it's based out of a university, right? Yeah, Loyola Marymount. Yeah, it's, it's like a can... college radio station where everyone just sounds like they're. Sounds like they're high or just like unprepared. There's a lot of paper shuffling. Yeah, you know, I track I, I was, listen uh, to them online sometimes uh, when I'm outside of L.A. Uh, when I went to Europe, um, I think this was the first time that I went to Europe was when I did a comedy tour in 2014. International comedian James Adomian. <laughs> and I, 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 I wasn't recovering from jet lag, so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to stay up at night, and I put on KXLU right. to just listen to L.A. daytime radio. It's a great station, I got to say. It's, uh, shout out to KXLU. You guys are doing, you're doing great. You know, it's, it might not be the snappy repartee of a trained morning radio host, <laughs> but uh, they got their own thing. They got they're, their own they're doing thing their own up. thing. They're doing it, and, uh, you know, people like it. Um, I feel like we gotta talk. This, this is this could easily be on cake, so yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> Just kind of like, well, let's say. Oh, sorry, you know. my, uh, sorry, guys. Sorry, um, dropped yeah, sorry, guys, I dropped we, the mic. Hot mic. As as mentioned before, we do not have mic stands. We are no, holding we are our holding mics. holding microphones. Uh, oh my god, this is you'll get to complain to your grandchildren about this. Right? <laughs> I, we used to do podcasts where we had to hold the mics. They weren't like, planted what the into fuck your is a podcast into your inner ear. We use Gadzorp now. <laughs> You have things beam directly. <laughs> you know what? You could have a thing called an electron. That's like it always floats around you. And yeah, it does, it hel- it's always your microphone and your assistant. Hey, it's the electron. I think I just came up with a. I think okay, hold on. Did we, did we come up with that? Edit that out. That's a million dollar idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, talking about like you know L.A. culture and L.A. enclaves. You recently got to do a super cool thing that you know addresses that directly. And uh, you got to have lunch with Bourdain because of it. Uh, uh, yeah. R.I.P. to the legend. Obviously, we haven't. Um, Parts unknown. We haven't broached. Uh, obviously, you know, everyone in the food world is still kind of, you know, I think still, everyone in the world. Everyone's world still in, kind of in shock, and everyone's still shock. kind of processing their own ways. I think there's no better testament to like 
how many people he touched and how influential he was than like just the outpouring of grief and feeling yeah. and like appreciation. There's for already him. there's already a mural in Venice with Bourdain. There's not like many. Like on it's it on now. it's on the level of like if a like almost like when Prince died. Like everyone loved Prince. Like he, Prince well, he transcended he genre. transcended generations, yeah. transcended cultures. Like you know, I, I feel like Bourdain. You know, on that legendary level of you know everyone like just brought everyone together with who doesn't he didn't like Bourdain you know but but also like unlike a musician he did he kind of like created his own little genre yeah so he was kind of like a groundbreaking musician in that like he brought his own spin and kind of created a thing that no one had really done before he did kind of create what he did I'm trying to think if there's precedent for it. There is. Here and there. There is, but not the way that he did it. Right. You know? Like, obviously, there was food TV. There was travel Traveling, TV. Yeah. And there but, was food and travel together, of course. To bring that personal sensibility to what he did and what it grew into, I think, was obviously pretty it was just like the, It was also shot, like, insanely beautifully. Like, everything yeah. he did was, like, it was every single aspect of what he did. And I feel like he had a lot of control over those things as well. No like, reservations. I've, I haven't watched a lot of parts unknown, but when no reservations first went on to Netflix, I watched every single episode, some multiple times. And like, that's, that, that's gotta be like the high watermark of travel and food. I mean, that show was fucking amazing. Uh, which was that on CNN or, or that was channel? on travel channel. Yeah. Cause he first had a show on food network that was short lived. Then travel channel was no reservations and then parts unknown. And he also had a brief show called like The Layover or something. Yeah, yeah. And I remember all of these shows, and I remember loving them. And and it's it's so weird. It's so weird that he's gone. It just doesn't seem right. Right. You know, I met him, and now in hindsight, I know I, I met him towards the end of his life. Right, which is crazy. Um, when did you film it? How long? Ago in Little that? Armenia. Uh, nope. This was in January. Right. No, this was February first. Right. So you're of Armenian wow. heritage, and he was doing a web series called. Uh, um, Little Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's like Bourdain visits the enclave. So each episode, you know, L.A., you know, so diverse, has all these little cultural enclaves around the city. Some of them tiny, some of them huge, like Koreatown. And it was just, I, I don't this was something I loved about Bourdain, like right from when I started watching The Reservations. He treated L.A. always right. You know, like L.A. is this place that everyone thinks they have an idea of what it is because of, you know, the cultural consumption of media and how it's portrayed on the screen. But like I remember that first episode where he pretty much just goes to Koreatown. Yeah, it was like wow, he really got L.A. right, and yeah. I, I think everyone in L.A. is always appreciative of how he portrayed the city in such a cool and real way, and you know, like really brought out what it's about, and not like you know, showbiz, all that stuff. That's not really what L.A. is about. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Having grown up here, uh, like uh, Hollywood. Right, it's, it's like a, an industry town, but it's like you know, it's like it exists right in a geographical place, right. Outside of which, there's just, just a regular a, it's city. It's a real place. A, regu- yeah. a real regular city, right. Uh, the, the glitz and glamour of Hollywood is, is just that. It's just like, it's a myth, just like, you know, the movies that created it. But yeah, he wanted, you know, he had been to Armenia for the first time, uh, Yerevan and some other cities around Armenia. Um, he went there for the first time for his show, for his big show, right. Parts Unknown. Um, and it had not come out yet. But then he had he he had loved it so much, and uh, he so he wanted to do a little Armenia thing, right? Intentionally as a companion piece to his trip to Armenia. And um, I'm only a quarter Armenian, and that was like one of the things we talked about. And he was like, 
<laughs> I, I actually just watched it, and it is funny. because He, he was roasting me about it right. more, <laughs> more than went on camera. Right. His first question that made it into the cut is like, so how Armenian are you? How Armenian? Yeah. On a scale of one to ten. Well, the, the, well he, I, was like, he was like, <laughs> what's the term? What's the Mexican-American term is, uh, for? Uh, Mulatto? No, for, <laughs> for the guy for a Mexican that's not really Mexican. I forget. I think there's a lot of terms. I forget, Mexican that's he, not really he Mexican? He was like, you're that, but for Armenians. Right. And I was like, "Thanks, Anthony." <laughs> so I had to like, I had to like argue back with him right. about like how Armenian I am, right? And uh, well, he had just come from Armenia, so he was uh, he saw a real Armenian, right? Yeah. Sure. So is, was he more Armenian like than Serge you? Like Serge Tonkin and Conan O'Brien. Right, exactly. So he <laughs> he came he, back more Armenian than you. He's like, "Well, I'm three That was my Armenian joke. Yes, yes. He was <laughs> right. He, He's he, like, "Actually, I'm honorary Armenian." Yeah. Serge Tonkin knighted me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He knew all about it. Um, he knew all about the politics, but I think even before he went there, yeah. he knew about the history. And He's a very worldly man. He is. He, yeah. Yes, yes. He was very smart. Yeah. I love that he got Serge Tonkin for that episode because it's like, he's pretty much the biggest Armenian I mean, I guess besides star? Kim Kardashian, like, I, I, don't, I don't know how Armenian she is, but, you know, Serge Tonkin, he's like one of the most famous Armenians. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think uh, the, the, he's. Uh, Are you in the top? I feel like you might be in the top five now. No, no, no. No, no, no. who do we have? They're all scientists. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smart culture. Armenians are big with scientists and but like, like weightlifters. But in terms of like, in terms of like, famous in the comedians. Well, no, like in the online mass media world. I don't know. I need to run the numbers. You've been on again. TV. You know, you're. You know, we got we got Kardashians and and Surge. Um. But yeah, he was. We talked about the Armenian genocide, and he he had he 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 he, he knew about it before he went there, and he was like, he was like, yeah, what's the problem? You know, it's a genocide. Acknowledge it, say you did it, right, and then move on, right. Bringing that that classic no nonsense Bourdain, no outlook. nonsense Bourdain attitude, yeah. And, and it, you know, it was weird. He seems so he seems so alive. Uh, he. Uh, he came in and he was like, he was funny. He was like, oh my God, Chateau Marmont last night. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> what is 4 a.m. Unbelievable. <laughs> These guys. There was not really a story. There was right. just sort it's of just like, like, like references to something that, that happened. That lifestyle. Um, but he was funny. He was right. funny. He was making, I mean, I don't think any of this made it into the cut of what was released, which I find, I got the footage right before he died. Too, wow. which was crazy because it had aired, but or it had been on CNN at like four a.m. Right, I never saw it. But um, he uh, he was he had jokes, he had jokes because he was thinking he was talking he was like he was like I've been thinking about doing less of the international stuff and doing more like touring America right to be with his family right and yeah. doing like a comedy tour. So he had started doing that, and so he had. He he had jokes. He had like roast jokes. Damn, we missed out on a fucking on nationwide comedy. like Bourdain comedy tour. Just ripping apart. I was like, but he had jokes. He had jokes about Guy Fieri and Martha Stewart. Oh god, he I was, would love to hear them. He was funny. Do you he was like, do you remember it? Well, them? yeah. He said he was like, when you look at Martha Stewart, and this didn't make it in. This right. was just for me. Right, right. He was like, when you look at Martha Stewart, you just see that coldness in her <laughs> yeah, eyes. Exactly. She's got you the those, killer instinct. Those, those sharks, those <laughs> yeah. dead sharks. I've, eyes. I've looked yeah. in there. There's nothing. There's, yeah. She's pure evil. Yeah. And he would clown on Guy Fieri. Right. I forgot what he said, but right. he did that. I think in the Jonah Ray video he shot, he was clowning on sure. Guy Fieri too. He was. He was always very quick to like. With a joke, but also very quick to be like self-deprecating, right? Which I think, because like you know, he he could he could kind of like go on some bullshit for a little bit, but like he'd always bring it back with like something at hey, the expense what of himself. 
And he never took himself too seriously, which I think was... You know, it was so relatable, man. There was it never was, a "Do you so know good. who I am?" Moment. Right, exactly. Like he, he knew if, that he, I, was, he would never allow that to happen. He would never, never pull that move. Yeah, totally. everyone knows who the fuck he is. Totally. And I think he was really cognizant of the fact that, like, he started out as someone who was throwing rocks at the food establishment and making fun of them. Like, you know, he used to make fun of Emerald all the time, and and then he kind of became that. And I think he acknowledged that. He's like, now I'm friends with Emerald. Now I'm the now I'm the big food guy that yeah. you know people can take shots at. So. I think he, the fact that he was like cognizant and aware of that, like yeah. he never he never got like when you're successful, it's hard to stay enemies unless you want to. Right, exactly. Like he acknowledged that he kind of became what he used to mock, but like he also did it in a way that was accessible. Yeah. Um, uh, he, we went to Sahag's Basturma in Little Armenia. That place looked amazing, by so the way. Go there if you want. It's uh, it's like a it's a hole in the wall divey. Right. Um, it, is this arm- a place you knew about? I I I knew about like two or three places like that, and I right. wasn't sure which one it was until I got there. Okay, but I I, I had only been there to buy groceries. Okay, you to had buy never, Armenian cheese. You had never gone in there to like buy basturma. Yeah, but I I know the dish, and right. the way he does it there is really cool. He does um he does it like a sandwich. Like I right. you know usually I get basturma as like a plate of sauce. So basturma is like spiced meat that is like. It's like ground together, mm-hmm. and then they seal it with something. I think so. And then they kind of hang it, and it cures like a salami would. Yes. Uh-huh. And then they take it, and they slice it really thin, right? Yeah. Okay. And so... He, they, I've actually never had it. I'm watching never, that video. It's like, I don't know shit about Armenians. I don't know shit about Armenians. Well, I, it's I, like, I recommend if you want to, go to... Um, you could go to Sahag's Basturma, and there's a couple of other spots on the same block or two yeah. like that. Just do a little Armenian food crawl. Like, little sandwiches. Um... And uh, there's also like like sandwich shops slash Armenian Armenian grocery store. Right. And um, I also love uh, Carousel. They have I've been to Carousel. They Carousel have, is like, great, classic. Uh, what do you call it? They have like you know restaurant style sure. basturma there. Sure. On a plate. Um, but yeah, uh, Glendale has a lot of great places. What's the place in Glendale? Phoenicia. I don't know. Glendale's got a lot of places. Uh, Glendale's yeah. kind of like uh, you know, if you know where to go, I feel like there Glendale's are, got hidden gems. There are spots in Glendale with two separate Armenian shawarma shops next to each other really? that are not owned by the same person that are like rivals. I That's love how- that. <laughs> That's like that Tacos Leos uh, and El Gallito feud, man. Right. Exactly. I love it. Well, well, I love cultural feuds. Apparently, Glendale has more Armenians than Armenia. Armenia. So like, uh, it has the most outside of Armenia. Okay. Okay. So that so there's obviously enough of a 40%. population to to uh you know to prop up multiple shawarma establishments. You uh, know. Yeah. yeah. You, you need demands. multiple. I'm sure everyone has I, their I favorite. I feel like there well, can't the, be too many shawarma establishments. I would love to see more Agreed. shawarma establishments come up. Agreed. It's the uh, we've also got to feed the otars who have had, have gotten the taste for shawarma. I don't even know what that is. Otar is the Armenian word for other. <laughs> First they mock us, then they love then our they spices love our... and meats. Now we are assimilated. I mean that that is kind of the story of like every culture that comes to America. Yeah. You know, it's like assimilation like first you're like beaten down and shit upon then like people start loving your food and yeah, then like right. oh this is tasty then, then you've got a city council seat right then you're you're finally assimilated <laughs> and then people are like oh this food's great i mean i i do feel like you know obviously 
it's it's sort of specific to LA to have this Armenian population. I know there's not it doesn't really exist like that anywhere else in the country. But I feel like in there's a, Armenians in Boston. Okay. Um, and there's maybe uh, not quite as many in Chicago. Okay. But there's Armenians so in they have most cities. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like LA where there's like this huge epicenter of Armenian culture. Right. And and I but I still feel like it's weird because it's like I don't know. I, I feel like there's not a lot of unless you actively engage it and go to Glendale. Like I feel like there's not a lot of crossover. Like there's no like hip Armenian restaurant like there is now with like You mean like Philippi- a fusion restaurant? Or like, you know, now <laughs> Or maybe it hasn't had its time, you know, like we've seen like, uh, you know, Filipino food, like yeah. really having its moment in the sun. It's even blowing up it's like when is Armenian yeah. food going to be hot? And I mean, yeah. maybe you well, need like... When is, when is Abbott Kinney going to have a right, like, fine maybe, dining Armenian restaurant? it's a matter of like, like we've uh, seen with Filipino. Like, Abbott Kinney breaks my heart. They're trying <laughs> to turn L.A. into Calabasas. <laughs> <laughs> and... And Abbott Kinney has already oh they've, 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 they've it's succeeded. been calabasicized. I was there. Uh, I used to hang out at the Roosterfish all yeah, the time. Sure, the Roosterfish was like the gay bar, classic on in all of West LA. And they closed it a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And then they just tragic. reopened it. Reopened it. And yeah. they should have left it closed. They really? Let it, it would have been better if they burned the building down as a, as a memory, as like a goodbye rooster fish. Oh, man. It was... Uh, right. It was, it, was like, it was like somebody went in and was like, hey, you know, we love this place. What was wrong with it was everything that people loved about it. <laughs> <laughs> we love Scratch this all place. That. Venice is like... I feel like Venice... It might become San Francisco eyes, and that's like re- very worrying. That's that that really Dude, bothers me. On that the west is, side now, everyone has those bird scooters. Like they oh, have it drives SF. me. It drives They're me nuts. Everywhere. They're bird scooters in front of my restaurant. I can't believe it. Bird scooters. You have it. a west side restaurant. I, it's in Culver City, City. Uh-huh. but I, but I get I get that bird overflow. Yeah, and and they, they just Dude, the leave them everywhere. Is, is pushing further and further east. Dude, they're, they're, do do people really... know what they are? All right, so if you don't know, <laughs> they became huge in San Francisco. They're a nuisance, and they kind of became emblematic of like the tech because there's these scooters that you can unlock with your phone, ride them wherever you want, you rent and, and leave them wherever you want. Yeah. So they kind of become like this detritus of tech money, yeah. and they're all over neighborhoods, and they're just like all over People sidewalks. People just leave them next to they, a sidewalk. You can leave them wherever you want. And, and they're like knocked over one-third of the time. Yeah, they're always they're on broken, the ground. Like someone's cut the wire or yeah. whatever. Do you know? Wait, in San Francisco, people have been rubbing poop yes, all over them. You, you, I've heard that. So to thwart because of the resentment people. of, of uh, the tech yeah. money, people are rubbing shit it's on crazy. these scooters. So <laughs> it would be funny. Like it would be funny if it was some kind of dystopian sci-fi where there's like it's like a wasteland desert, right. and then there's just like a bird that's abandoned, and there's a skeleton next to it with like a phone like that has like a thousand bitcoins on it, or it's just like 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 wastelands of like blasted bird scooters that have fused together after a <laughs> nuclear explosion. It's like, we're out there in the wasteland. It's 90% no, it's like, bird scooters. No, it's like Mad Max and all the bird scooters have been just fucking like sick, like right. tripped out and like they're shooting flames it's out of 60 it. 60 bird scooters like tied together with like a <laughs> lanyard to like make some sort of death a chariot. mobile. Yeah, like a, a, ch- a bird chariot, if right. you will, with a guy just shredding on guitar in the back. Right, Your radioactive world. coyotes are pulling a chariot <laughs> you've made from 100 bird scooters. Uh, everything's going to be radioactive of at course, that point. Of course. Well, I mean, that's where we're headed. We have built our world on the ashes of, of your On the ashes of roosterfish <laughs> after they burned it down. I mean, I, I do feel like we're seeing that on the west side of L.A. And, 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 you know, Venice specifically, you hear people talk about Silicon Beach. It's like the new thing. Uh, Tech money and You know, fusion. I grew up down there. I, I grew up down there. I went to junior high school in Santa Monica. So I was at Venice Beach or Santa Monica 
like Ocean Park, Back like in right day. in between. Yeah. Like three days a week. Yeah. I was at the beach at right. least. And I mean, it's the change. I can't even. It's crazy. It's, I, 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 too bad I was a kid because I wasn't paying close enough attention right. to write a book. About I should have been it. soaking yeah. it in. But um, but could have written a novel. I, I was cha- I, like, guys at the beach were on the phone talking about like, yeah, I want to invest in it. I really want to invest in that. I got to see the you know right. financials. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Show me you the just, numbers, brother. Dude, Show I need a P and L like post uh, stat. And uh, <laughs> dude, where's my? Smoothie? I needed that P and L last fucking week, bro. Jesus Christ! I'm trying to make some moves down here. I mean. Yeah, make your money, but I think something's got to change. You can't ruin the neighborhood in right. the process exactly. of making money. Which I think is why we're seeing... Can you like, make the money and keep the rent low? Yeah. Can you like, guys figure out how to do that, you fucking whiz brains? <laughs> That's why San how about Francisco... An app, how about an app that keeps the rents the same? Right, exactly. The rent is too damn high. It's, it's true. I mean, uh, it, it's, it'll be... I mean, what's happening in SF is bad, and most people I know from SF have moved down here just because... Almost of, everybody that I know that moved from L.A. to San Francisco has come back. Right. Yeah. And livability San is down. San Francisco um, is expensive to visit. It's, oh, yeah. Sure. It, like New York, it's a place where you can go do, like, sold-out shows and be like, all right, well, I'm going to lose money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, this hotel room is $200 a night. At least it's really that's, hard to find. Yeah, that's like a Best Western. That's, a, that's like yeah, that's, that's a travel a lodge. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. If you're finding it, if you're finding two hundred, you lock that down. That's why Airbnb is the greatest thing ever. That's true, but that also, you know, that it's also that's a housing crisis because yeah. it's like, you know, in these short term rentals, it's like, you know, L A is the same thing. It's like everybody's well and good, but we got a fucking housing crisis. You know, it's like we need people living in places instead of renting them out. It's no good. Bird, the bird, the bird tide is coming for us all. The bird yeah. tide will wash over us and leave only bones. The bird tide, bird tide will just shit all over us, <laughs> as they do. But but back to back to Little Armenia. My inher- I gave up my inheritance for a bird. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. I invested all my money in a birds. bird. A bird, my kingdom for a bird. I invested all my money in bird scooters. Now they're smeared with shit, and nobody <laughs> wants to use them. We were brought down by feces. Elon uh, Musk should shoot a bird scooter. Right, exactly. Space. Elon Musk's next big invention is uh, is scooters that you can't smear shit on. The, the, the shit just smears right off. <laughs> you know, I was thinking this because I stepped in shit in downtown LA. Sure. You know how they have the dark sidewalks? That My theory is that they're just there so they don't have to clean them as often. Yeah, right. Because they really cover ma- up the shit. They're all brown yeah. and you're yeah. like, why? I, I was trying to wipe my shoe off and there was nothing in, no within a yeah. block that didn't have shit on yeah. it already. There's no vegetation. Yeah. Well, there is, but you know, if you're not near it, what are you going to wipe it on? You got nothing. Koreatown. That's why you need hey, a bird scooter. Stay out of my town. Hey, stay out of my town. <laughs> That's my town, baby. <laughs> we're, we're, we're back to Little Armenia. Were you able to choose this place, or were, did his production team choose this place, or were, were, did they like? Yeah, they suggested it, and I was like, yeah, let's go there. Okay, but you had never been there before. I had been there, but um, I had not ordered the. What, I had not ordered a sandwich there before. Those those people Bourdain beat me to that. Right. Okay. I thought of it as just a place you could get uh, the um, Armenian string cheese, which I'm addicted to. Oh my What's god! What's that called? Does it, um, have, a, does it have a specific name? I just call it string uh, cheese. It's Ubanir. Definitely has. I'm trying to remember. It's like my goat Armenian. cheese, right? It, it cheese? can be milk. It can be cow cheese, yeah. or, or there's a different style, which is goat cheese. But it's um, Hats Ubanir is bread and cheese. So I think banir is uh, no. Is that I can't remember which one is bread and which one is like, cheese. In the, living in the valley, like my only real experience with Armenian food was there's this place called Tarzana Armenian Deli, and they made sandwiches with like just like flat bread. Shout out to Tarzana. Ta- shout out to Tarzana Armenian Deli, which is like flatbread mustard, 
a bunch of that string cheese and meat. That sounds great. And like a little bit of like tomato, like marinated tomatoes. It's and stuff. the thick, thick braided um, yes. string cheese yes, with yeah. nigella seeds in it. Right. Yes, I I love it. It's I sometimes delicious. if I if I skip a meal, I'll just sit down and eat like cheese and pickles. Shout out to cheese for <laughs> transcending cultures. <laughs> yeah, if cheese can't bring us all together, literally che- nothing. Cheese is can. really the great unifier. I also like how you brought a bottle of Armenian wine to the lunch. As as Joel and I are strong advocates of lunch wine, very so, much so. Uh, See this? I was trying to be impressive, right? Well, yeah, you're, <laughs> so I you're got like lunch a, with I got like a really good Armenian wine, and um, it was early though. It was earlier right. than lunch. Sure. It was like 10 a.m. Right. That's still <laughs> fine. Ah, That's and, okay. And I do it. I hadn't eaten breakfast, so I just I got there, and I was like hungover, I guess, right. from the night sure. before. So it was like. So it's like, this is the worst kind of drinking. But it's Bourdain. <laughs> right. How do you not drink with Bourdain? Right. Yeah. Did, did you have any time to, to chat beforehand? Or did you just go right we into We chatted cheese? after more. Okay. Because he he didn't want to get mobbed by people recognizing him. Right. Which I'm sure so happens he kind of to him got, all the time. He got, and that's probably why he wanted to do it at 10 a.m. Right. Uh, so he got out of the car, and like we went straight into it. Right. And we basically, we met on camera. Right. So that's yeah. cool, we were, though. I, I like that. So we had a real conversation yeah. that they just edited down. Right. And then afterwards, we had eaten a big meal. We talked about <laughs> a thousand years of Armenian history. Sure. And you, got then, into some, um, you got into some shit. You had, you had some day wine in you. You know, yeah. the conversation was flowing. Yeah, and then we 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 talked we talked shit about uh, Guy Fieri. Fuck yeah! And uh, as as one does, and as one does. Uh, the the Turks who committed the genocide, Fucking Mustafa Turks. Kemal. I love I love how the genocidal Turks and Guy Fieri get lumped into the same. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's not right. fair. No, that's not. Sad. That's not Mustafa fair. Mustafa Kemal is. That's yeah. not fair to the Turks. That's what I was gonna <laughs> no, say. No, we love you, Guy. We love you. Yeah, come on the pod, guy. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Oh boy, where? Well, you're I? you're a very talented um, impressionist. Uh, my favorite Guy Fieri impression, however, is Jeff Sloniker. You know Jeff. Right? I I know who he is. I haven't seen him do that though. It's been a while. He stopped doing it for some reason. But he had this great Guy Fieri impression when the show first came out. Yeah. Dude, he probably just got like a free vat of give, donkey give sauce us, and give us a little yeah. taste of yeah, a, us, of, a, of, a, of a Sloniker's Guy yeah. Fieri impression or just I yours. Don't, I don't like to do other people's. All right, impressions. but do yours then. I don't know. Was like, oh, mm, mm, that's good sauce. Tell me that <laughs> that's thing. good sauce. He does that. Mm, yeah. He does say that. My favorite thing he does on the show is when he's basically backseat driving in the kitchen. Right. Like <laughs> the chef is there going right. like and making their special dish. The chef is there like yeah. What well, we actually we, we take a little we we grind up a little garlic and actually a little bit of um, macadamia and we that's our rub that we put and he goes like oh and then you dip that and then like no and they go they, they have to go like no that's not what we do. I love how your Jesse Ventura is coming through because I know your Jesse Ventura. Is, do, I don't do Guy Fieri. I know your Jesse Ventura is one of my all time favorite impressions and it's so funny that and your. Seb Gorka, I think, are, are my top ones. If you guys haven't seen, uh, if you haven't seen James do Sebastian Gorka or Jesse Ventura, you're you're really missing out. Also, you've made several appearances on the popular podcast Chapo Trap House as Seb Gorka, which <laughs> those are just so fucking funny. I difficult to work into the live <laughs> act. I'll have you know, it's, it's Mr. Hess. It's such a niche thing, though, because like I feel like. People in the know, and obviously people of Chapo's audience, like, of course know who he is. But, like, 
Does the general public know who he is? I don't care about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I mean, I do impressions as a way of telling people you should know who this right. is. <laughs> right. Sometimes because he's a bad guy and yes. sometimes because he's a good guy. Right. Gork is a very bad guy. He really is. But, um, His head is so big. A good impression, when done the way it should be done, right. you don't need to know who the fucking person it's is. It's still funny. It's still it lands. fucking funny. Right. And this is... I'm gonna have to hold my tongue here because I start to get worked up. Get worked up, this baby. This is something. No, no, this is turning some, beet red. Everybody. This is something that I want to do. I want to do like a um um. What's the Kubrick movie with the eyes opening? Oh, Clockwork Clock Orange. I want to do a Clockwork Orange session with industry people and sit them down <laughs> with their eyes pinned open and go. You don't need to know the reference to make it funny. <laughs> Understand. You don't need, you're not spoon feeding people. Right, They're exactly. smarter than you. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It, like, you're on notice, industry types. Anyway, I, you're that, fucking up. Obviously, obviously, I have nothing but respect for this great industry. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, the best and the brightest. The, smartest the best and the brightest. brightest. The the thank God they're in charge. True meritocracy. Oh, Drew Drogi's impression of Chloe Sevigny is a perfect example. Okay. I barely know anything right. about I Chloe Sevigny. I know nothing about her. But Drew Drogi's impression right. is... In, uh, 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 you can't get <laughs> right. enough of it. Right, exactly. <laughs> And I think I think that would ring true if someone had no idea who Seb Gorka was and 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 saw you doing yes, him. Yes, because the game is he's a v- Eastern right. European Bond villain he is. Who were, who's an alt right Trump and guy. And that's all you need to know. And 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 yeah, you can take so the game to he new happens heights. to be real. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even matter if he's. I real am or... more real than your laws. <laughs> Mr. Bob. You know he's definitely like chained someone to a table oh and had a like God. a laser go slowly sure. from the feet sure. he up really to is. the crotch. Like, he's yes. got he's got that blood. That's how that's how I cut my steaks yeah. at dinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this this apparatus is merely for cutting steers into manageable portions. <laughs> nothing sinister here. Nothing to see. Nothing. If someone ever said nothing sinister mm-hmm. here to me, I'd be like, there's definitely something sinister afoot. He's like a bumbling Blofeld, really. <laughs> <laughs> the left cries, but they know not what tears You sound are. like Bane without the mask. <laughs> That's a good description of Sebastian Gorka. No, you actually. know what? I, when, when that movie came out every, and everyone was kind of making fun of Tom Hardy's, I fucking loved his accent. I loved He'd it. Be like, I it was speak great. of the devil and he shall appear. <laughs> um... Oh the my fire god. Rises. Larry, what's his name? The guy from Bob's Burgers. Larry, hold on. I forget his name, but I know who you're talking about. Um, Can we just speak do more? Of the devil. You think the light is your ally. Do you feel the darkness? That's my favorite one. You merely adopted, adopted it. The I was born in it. I was born in it. Molded, molded, molded by, by it. it. God, fucking Tom Hardy's so good. That was a great Shout one. Shout out to fucking Tom Shout Hardy. Shout out to Tom Hardy for being, for being a good ass actor. Actor of our generation. Fucking A. God damn it. And he really played his bisexual card correctly. Have all the sex you want and then downplay it when it's time Is to be famous. Is that what he did? I didn't even <laughs> really know about that. I don't mean to insult anybody, but it's, I love that. Yeah, he was like, he's been like, yeah, I fucked a lot of guys. Yeah. And then like, uh, like lay off me. I, hey, yeah, you do what you want. It's Tom Hardy. Um, uh, Larry Murphy. Yes, okay. the guy from Bob's yes, Burgers, very talented he, voice. He, actor. You know Bob. Bob. He did. <laughs> he did this hilarious thing I saw where it was, it, he was he he played Bane, and it was H. John Benjamin was like, oh my friend, the he, funniest. I fucking love him. He was so doing much. a stand-up bit, but then he was like, Bane started heckling him from the audience, oh and so he's like, 
He was like, oh, guys, it's, I mean, it's, it's Bane? What are you yeah. doing? It's my friend, Bane. What are yeah. you doing Bane, here? Bane, you're here? And so he played Bane <laughs> just like like doing the Bane thing, but like yeah, talking about. so not to music. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then he was going through his day like, I went to the farmer's market. <laughs> nice. I would love to see like a little vignette of, in season. of, the Bane, of right. Tom Hardy dressed as Bane, like smelling produce. Right. I can't smell anything through this <laughs> yeah. mask. I don't know why I'm holding the fruit in my face. I don't even know how to eat. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. That's the world he was living in. Give me a kale smoothie immediately. <laughs> Damn it. Tom. Tom. Tom's a dream guest for this podcast. Yeah, come on the come on the fucking podcast. Now that Bourdain is dead, you know, we can't have Bourdain. So, Tom Hardy, add him to the dream guest list. Yeah. A- hey, hey, Tom, uh, I'm single now and I don't <laughs> kiss and tell. Right, exactly. <laughs> If you want to, but keep, I but I do fucking sh- yeah. fucking spew my mouth off. If you want to so keep hooking up with dudes, but you want to keep it under wraps, uh, I'm very discreet. Yeah, <laughs> see me in Koreatown. I'll do the Bane voice. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want. That, that that voice was so good. I'll do Gorka. You'll do Bane, and we'll just have a, a fucking one two. <laughs> and then a Blofeld. <laughs> the round table. It's a Spectre. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking, oh, you're James Bond obsessive. I love Bond, yes. Of course, then you love Gorka. I do love Gorka. He really is. It's it's so funny that it's like he's like he's like a just a he's Hugo villainous Drax. Ar- yes, he's a villainous archetype. He really is Hugo Drax, and he reminds me of the, that actor that they actually got. The book Moonraker is so good, and the movie is you know so stupid. But like, I don't want to say this too loudly on this podcast that's going out to the world because I want I want to be in it. I want to be in it, but they need to make remake Moonraker. The movie's so bad. The, movie's the book so bad. is so good. All right, so <laughs> I need to be in for it. For people that don't know, like Moonraker, the movie was kind of a product of the seventies, and it was Star Wars. Everyone loves sci-fi, so they were, they were Bond like, in space. And it was like also like, what if everyone is drunk? Right. While yeah. we film the movie, it was like kind of the height of the wacky Roger Moore ones in the seventies. But like the book has not. They don't go to space. It, it's a completely different plot, and it's about like this crazy dude who has this missile plot to take out London and he's like a secret German, but he's, he's disguised himself as this philanthropist and he's like such a good villain and they fucking wasted it in the movie. You go drag. You in a reboot of Moonraker with whoever plays a new Bond, Idris Elba, hopefully. That would be <laughs> fucking awesome. I feel like everything I've done and am doing is leading up is to just this. treading water from the phase when I am old enough to be able to play villain. Right. Because I'm a little bit, I'm 38. I'm a little bit too young right. to play the villain. You still have, you still have a youthful twinkle in yeah. your eye. Yes. 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 But I feel like, I feel like this is all gonna, this is all prelude to my Vincent Price career. What about a big <laughs> Hollywood blockbuster about the Armenian genocide. I thought about it, and then you play the bad Turk, but you do it because to show more likely to bring would, light to bring to, light to the situation, the, and yeah. then everyone knows about it, and then everyone hates Jerry. That happens sometimes. <laughs> you know, in um, there was the, you know the promise, the movie, the promise. No, about the the genocide that came out uh, a year ago. Oh right, yes, the documentary. It's not a documentary. It's a oh. it's a narrative retelling of it's okay. a love story set during the genocide. Oh, I have not seen that. They did have the thing where they had some half Armenian um, actors playing like white guy parts. Okay, uh, um, like the the French captain, right. is Like a French Armenian actor. Right. For, 
Um, yeah, no, I have an idea for an Armenian movie. Hell I yeah. have a great idea. Hell yeah. Um, the Resistance of Vaughn. But uh, Love it. It, was the one, it was the one most focused. You're a dashing freedom fighter. Well, yeah, I could, or I could maybe even keep myself off camera like a real artiste. <laughs> uh, it was the it was the one. Tom Hardy is a dashing freedom fighter. <laughs> the resistance of Vaughn was like the one most punctuated moment of armed resistance against the genocide right. that saved um, hundreds of thousands of people right. from being exterminated. Dramatic story, clearly. Yeah, yeah. So Make that, it, I mean, sell it. Make Industry it. types, listen up. We got a fucking blockbuster on our hands. All Armenian craft services. Boom. I want just <laughs> nothing fucking. but. Love it. I I have been whenever I want a bin of string Schwama. cheese immediately. Schwama on set. You know Bread how you're day. on set and you don't know if it's gonna be like oh lunch is uh, Mexican, lunch is Chinese, and you're never sure what it's gonna be. Yeah. It's very rare, but that I is. have always been so happy when they're like it's Zanku, dude. Zanku is the best it's the, lunch. It's a crowd pleaser. Chicken, rice, dips, salad, done. Whenever I'm on set or was when I was working a writing job and it was like Zanku. You're so happy. Dude, when we filmed. When we, when we, we filmed. They were Joe like, and no. I were shooting some stuff. Stay tuned for that. But uh, we got Zanku. We got it's, Zanku. You can't beat it as a lunch and then And then we took a whole bird home, ate it the next day. I love getting two whole birds, eating one for lunch, saving the other. You do the bird. I do, yeah. I'll do a whole, do the a whole, whole bird. bird. You wait the extra 15 minutes for the bird? Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't always do it. worth it. But, I'm fast. Uh, I'm fast. I Zan- Zanku is right. Shout out to Zanku for being great. Shout out to fucking Zanku. Way. So good. We got to get sponsored by Zanku. <laughs> Sponsored by Zanku MSG. If you got the Zanku and Tom Zanku, Hardy. Hook up, hit us up. Hit us up. Like, and Bird I like, Scooters. I love all of those I things. I like your target audience. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to wrap this up, but uh, this has been so good. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Zanku might not sponsor you, but they're like, we'll send you we'll send a tray of food. Uh, we'll see. If we got one tray of yes. Zanku for free, I, this I, whole would, podcast will have been it. worth it. <laughs> so if, if you haven't, you know, watched James' hilarious impressions, you should. Watch and or listen to those. Also does a great Bernie. We went on tour as Bernie. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Trump versus Bernie. Who knows? We might be bringing it back in a year. I fucking hope so. Uh, Round two. Electric Boogaloo tour. The the Anthony Bourdain thing is called Little Los Angeles and it's available on the CNN website. I I just watched it. It's definitely worth a watch. It's super cool. And um, hey, when's this come out? This will be out on Thursday. Okay, also, so last night I did my big yeah, show at the satellite. Last night he crushed. He <laughs> crushed at the satellite. Also, uh, Joel and I will be appearing on the Adam Carolla show today. So, you know, it's a podcast. You can find it at adamcarolla.com hey, or so you guys on iTunes. are man, you like masturbating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, hey, we'll be, like I'm going to go there masturbating already just to get it out of the way. You ever fart and then you just masturbate? <laughs> We're going to be talking about farts and drinking mangria all goddamn day. So tune in. I feel like we need to bring a gift. Uh, <laughs> we, bring, we bring him his own mangria. <laughs> Like apparently it's the only brand of Mangria. We tried to get another brand. Yeah, but it's there, the only there one. was there was no so other brand. Own you have a monopoly on the Mangria fucking sitch. Uh, also, uh, you should follow um, James on Instagram because he's always posting hilarious good stuff. That I believe that's just at James Adomian. Uh, at J A D O M I A N. J Adomian. J Adomian. At Carl Hess. Follow Joel at Joel David Miller. Yep. The pod is at Yeah Pod. Follow that posting delicious photos all the time and uh as always you can email us at yap42069 at gmail.com <laughs> send us a send us a mail um if it's funny enough maybe we'll talk about it on air if it's not funny i'll probably just erase it and go on with my life because i got shit to do um james is performing around town on a regular basis he just crushed the show at the satellite last, last night, night. I'm sorry you guys didn't hear about it uh <laughs> 
But yeah, they can find your dates online, obviously. Yeah, I'm I, I'm based in L.A., so I do a lot of um, last minute and uh, sort of unannounced shows around L.A. Hell yeah! So just show up at like a venue. Yeah, and maybe show, James will be there show too. Up. Oh, you there. know what? I'll be uh, I'll be doing a town hall with Bernie Sanders in Washington D.C. in July. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, and I will. It's at the Kennedy Center. Oh, damn! Nice, prestigious. It's at the District of Comedy Festival, Very cool. and I'll also be at the Portland Queer Comedy Festival right after that Boom. in July. Find him, folks. Portland, Oregon. He's on the road. There well, you thanks go. so much. Uh, obviously, a super cool perspective into uh, into a fallen legend, uh, and R.I.P. to the God. Yeah, and um, thanks uh, for listening. Yeah. And parts we'll, unknown. Yeah, fucking parts unknown. And uh, you know, moment of silence for the God. Mm. Moment of silence for the God. All right. Well, that, that's it. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, yeah.